Hello and welcome to the Lazy Book Club podcast, the book club for those who don't want to read or leave the house. My name is Matt Gonzalez. Aha! It's David Cox. And I'm Josh Matheson. And this week we are looking at chapter 16 of Treasure Island, which I'm going to read the title because it's a very long one. Narrative continued by the Doctor, How the Ship Was Abandoned. So we've changed narrator, apparently. We're now no longer following Jim. We're now going back to, I think this is meant to be like parallel timeline of like while Jim was meeting the local man, we're now going to Dr. Livesey and the ship to see what was happening when Jim was hearing all of the cannons and blasts and stuff going off. So we might actually finally find out, yeah, how the Hispaniola is faring in all of this. If you did this, if you did, oh damn it, (laughs) theatre because you know sometimes I've got a friend Greg who's in the one in Gatsby. Yes, and depending on who you go with, you hear one side of the story. Yes, you could do it with Treasure Island. Yeah, you could. You could stay stay on the ship or go off the ship. Yeah, immersive experience. You're wearing a red wristband. Go on shore. You're wearing a blue wristband. Come <laughs> with me. <laughs> yeah, I was annoyed with that great Gatsby thing because there was a couple of times where, like, I missed out on the room. Oh, like, oh damn it! Yeah, I did. I literally because then I couldn't enjoy what I was watching because I just I just kept thinking about what I wasn't watching. <laughs> it's just like really, a, I guess it was it's really frustrating. A few more times. Yeah. yeah did maybe. it work? Did it, did it work enough to get you to book another ticket? No. <laughs> wasn't no, that don't get me wrong i really no 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 i really enjoyed it it was really good fun but i i'm i'm not i'm not so curious about that one room i didn't get in to pay a whole nother ticket to go do you know what i mean so yeah it's not it's not that but just in yeah, the moment treasure island. Like, let's, let's 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 fund it copyright it <laughs> yeah get that book Do it on the isle of white <laughs> oh yeah last week was when jim finally met the Ben Gunn. Ben Gunn. Oh, that was who basically explained the background of how he got marooned on the island, how he was in Flint's original crew, then went back to the island with another crew, couldn't find the treasure because he didn't have the map. They got sick and tired of him and they left him there. And now Jim has said that he will take him back to the ship. And I believe that Ben Gunn's now found the treasure and is basically promising Jim and whoever helps him get off the island a, a lot of money. But we would forgive you if you didn't catch any of that because I was uh, uh, terribly singing it. As <laughs> <Rod Stewart. laughs> yeah, no, it's true. I have had complaints. H- hard to follow. <laughs> <laughs> From Rod Stewart's people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they would be in touch. They said, touch. we do live in suit for libel and defamation, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Well, should we jump into this then? Let's have a little look and see what Dr. Livesey has to say. Oh, we should establish. Uh, is Josh going to have to read this as Dr. Livesey? I could give it a lilt. He's, 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 not that he's, he's a posh. Uh, he's not. Uh, yeah, it's it's yeah. not that far off of his normal accent. Just a Why little not? bit posher than Josh. So it won't be annoying to listen to. So let's let's do it as Dr. Livesey. Chapter 16. Narrative continued by the doctor. How the ship was abandoned. It was about half past one, three bells in a sea phrase, that the two boats went ashore from the Hispaniola. (laughs) The squire and I were talking matters over in the cabin. 
Had there been a breath of wind, we should have fallen on the six mutineers who were left aboard with us, slipped our cable and away to sea. But the wind was wanting, and to complete our helplessness, down came Hunter with the news that Jim Hawkins had slipped into a boat and was gone ashore with the rest. Ah, uh, so it's his on. fault. It's his fault. They were basically, they could have just left everyone there had an even yeah, footing died. of like 6v6 on the ship and Jim's ruined the whole thing by going aboard, going ashore. Jim Wouldn't is a... Evil and just be like, oh, sod him. Just, yeah. Say to your kid. Like, well, yeah. Like, I mean, is he worth the ship and the mission and all of the people's lives on board? Probably not. Mm. That's a uh, listener question. We don't, don't use it. Um, Obviously, I'll Go do on. this at the end, but you know, tweet us if you would have left Jim Hawkins for dead and enjoyed yes. it. <laughs> I put that in for good measure. <laughs> Hashtag abandon Jim. <laughs> Hashtag poor little fella if you're on the other side of the argument. <laughs> yeah. It never occurred to us to doubt Jim Hawkins, but we were alarmed for his safety. With the men in the temper they were in, it seemed an even chance if we should see the lad again. We ran on deck. The pitch was bubbling in the seams. The nasty stench of the place turned me sick. If ever a man smelt fever and dysentery, it was in that abominable anchorage. The six scoundrels were sitting grumbling under a sail in the forecastle. Ashore we could see the gigs made fast and a man sitting in each, hard by where the river runs in. One of them was whistling Lily Bullero. Lily Bullero? I don't know what that is. Can someone look that up? Is that, is that a, a known tune? I think it's a song. Oh, it's a lovely jaunty little song. It's very Irish sounding. It's very like Titanic dancing on the tables vibe. Waiting was a strain and it was decided that Hunter and I should go ashore with the jolly boat in quest of information. The gigs had learned their right, but Hunter and I pulled straight in in the direction of the stockade upon the chart. The two who were left guarding their boats seemed in a bustle at our appearance. Lily Bolero stopped off, and I could see the pair discussing what they ought to do. Had they gone and told Silver, all might have turned out differently. But they had their orders, I suppose, and decided to sit quietly where they were and hark back again to Lily Bolero. There was a slight bend in the coast, and I steered so as to put it between us. Even before we landed, we had thus lost sight of the gigs. I jumped out and came as near running as I durst, with a big silk handkerchief under my hat for coolness' sake, and a brace of pistols ready primed for safety. I love that the doctor's like cosplaying as a pirate with like a silk handkerchief <laughs> under his hat and he's got pistols. He's like proper like immersive, immersing into this lifestyle. He it. it's it's the mm. yeah, we did. He's definitely trying, isn't he? He's, he's probably trying to put on like this kind of hard man front to kind of not seem like the weak link that's <laughs> going to get picked off first by all the yeah. pirates. I reckon he hasn't shaved in a couple of days so he can look a bit scrubby. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's left his wig behind as well, so he doesn't look as fruity. <laughs> <laughs> I had not gone a hundred yards when I reached the stockade. This was how it was. 
a spring of clear water rose almost to the top of the knoll. Well, on the knoll and enclosing the spring, they had clapped a stout log-house fit to hold two score of people on a pinch and loopholed for musketry on either side. All round this they had cleared a wide space, and then the thing was completed by a paling six feet high, without door or opening, too strong to pull down without time and labour, and too open to shelter the besiegers. The people in the log-house had them in every way. They stood quiet in shelter, and shot the others like partridges. All they wanted was a good watch and food, for short of a complete surprise they might have held the place against a regiment. What particularly took my fancy was the spring, for though we had a good enough place of it in the cabin of the Hispaniola, da -da 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 -da, with plenty of arms and ammunition, the things to eat, and excellent wines, there had been one thing overlooked. We had no water. I was thinking ah. this over when there came ringing over the island the cry of a man at the point of death. I was not new to violent death. I had served His Royal Highness the Duke of Cumberland and got a wound myself at Fontenoy. But I know my pulse went dot and carry one. Jim Hawkins is gone, was my first thought. It is something to have been an old soldier, but more still to have been a doctor. There is no time to dilly-dally in our work, and so now I made up my mind instantly, and with no time lost returned to the shore and jumped on board the jolly-boat. My good fortune hunter pulled a good oar. We made the water fly, and the boat was soon alongside and I aboard the schooner. I found them all shaken, as was natural. The squire was sitting down, as white as a sheet, thinking of the harm he had led us to, the good soul. And one of the six forecastle hands was a little better. "'There's a man,' says Captain Smollett, nodding towards him. "'New to this work. He came nigh-hand fainting, doctor, when he heard the cry. Another touch of the rudder, and that man would join us.' I told my plan to the captain, and between us we settled on the details of its accomplishment. We put old Redruth in the gallery between the cabin and the forecastle, with three or four loaded muskets and a mattress for protection. <laughs> Just put their bed up against it. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing that obviously guns weren't quite as powerful in these days. Yeah, because I mean, bullets weren't even bullet shaped, were they? They were just round. Yeah, and yeah, basically so loaded like something... a tiny mini cannon, didn't you? And it's just like it mm. took ages, didn't it? Like yeah, yeah, it's a bird, yeah. yeah. Hang on, hang on. Powder. Yeah, give me twenty. Yeah, <laughs> I think on those like the handguns, didn't you get like a maximum of two shots? Out of them, didn't they have two barrels? Awesome. Oh, I don't know. I yeah. thought it was just a one and one and done. Is it no, just the one? Yeah. One and done. You one and barrels. one and you're dead. Yeah. Like I don't think that many jewels ended up in death because it was just such an unreliable weapon. <laughs> like, yeah, no, it's Hamilton true. was unlucky. Like probably would have been fine. Yeah, then. Point yeah. blank or nothing. Yeah. I'm not convinced that the squire is just white as a sheet because he was annoyed at himself for getting everyone in trouble i think he's like 
a bit green to this. Do you know what I mean? Because the way that he's sure, behaved yeah. so far, he's like carried on like he's this really well experienced seaman, but like at the end of the day, the captain was schooling him on everything in terms of and you know, and he was completely led astray. Yeah, he's just a big kid the, really, isn't he? By the pirates. Yeah, I'm I'm convinced he's white as a sheet just because he thinks he's gonna die and he's totally out of his depth. I think most learned yeah. on the job and like, you know, just spent years on the sea. He just did like a sort of uh, second rate degree at a university about both. <laughs> and, but uh, but I I think with, with a lot of these things in this time, though, it was your breeding that got you higher position. Yeah. So it was sure. like just because of your Officer standing in society meant you went straight in higher up rather than going in. I think at the that's bottom. still true today. So it was yeah. not. Um, yeah, it wasn't a meritocracy yeah. at all. So he's probably just somebody who's a rich toff who just got given a really high position. Yeah. And had a load of money to rent a ship and do whatever he wanted as well. But when they're going, get well, at least the doctor's saying he has some soldiering experience as well. So that kind of explains why he's started to go a bit Rambo. Yeah, and like (laughs) (laughs) within two minutes, hard on the cheek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, he's going to start taking them out silently with knives from the bushes (laughs) and stuff. Like, I'd love to see that, Doctor Livesey. A really posh assassin. I don't know why. There's something really funny yeah, about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh heavens! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lights out, old boy. A <laughs> fast. Hunter brought the boat round under the stern port, and Joyce and I set to work loading her with powder tins, muskets, bags of biscuits, kegs of pork, a cask of cognac, and my invaluable medicine chest. In the meantime, the squire and the captain stayed on deck, and the latter hailed the coxswain, who was the principal man aboard. Mr. Hans, he said, here are two of us with a brace of pistols each. If any one of you six make a signal of any description, that man's dead. They were a good deal taken aback, and after a little consultation, one and all tumbled down the fore companion, thinking no doubt to take us on the rear. But when they saw Redruth waiting for them in the sparred galley, they went about the ship at once, and a head popped out again on deck. Down, dog! cries the captain. And the head popped back again, and we heard no more for the time of these six very faint-hearted seamen a picture so they're, yeah they're just they're, they're just practicing hiding is that what they're doing well i think they've finally told the pirates we know oh, your pirates that makes more sense thank you do you know what I mean? So they've literally said, they've, they've, they've basically gone, we've got guns. Stay there. If any of you make a signal, da, da, da. So they've not, they've not been like, we know your baddies, but they've obviously kind of going, they've just given them Shut orders and they've still. put it together going, oh crap, they now know that we're not here on their yes. side. So that's why they're now going, crap, we need to escape. So they're running around, but then Red Roof had blocked them off. So now that's why they're in the galley and they're basically like, right, head down you're staying there you're not going anywhere because we can keep an eye on you there so that's what happened but what i love is that if you look at the the photo he looks like a pirate do you know what i mean it's like so obvious like look at him he's got rings in his ears he's got like a handkerchief on like 
they they made they just turned up with eye patches and parrots and they're like yeah we're honest semen <laughs> do you know what I mean it's so stupid <laughs> just wear a jumper like or something like, you know so <laughs> yeah exactly like don't don't carry any skull and crossbones on you don't carry any like gold or like you know striped t-shirts or it's like the, um, or rum yeah have you seen the Mitchell and Webb one where they're they're in the war and it's like are yeah. we the bad Oh yeah, and the Nazis. Yeah, I just look at the logo, and there's a skull on it, and lightning. (laughs) (laughs) By this time, tumbling things in as they came, we had the jolly boat landed as much as we dared. Joyce and I got out through the stern port, and we made for shore again as fast as our oars could take us. The second trip fairly aroused the watchers along shore. Lily Bolero was dropped again, and just before we lost sight of them behind the little point, one of them whipped ashore and disappeared. I had half a mind to change my plan and destroy their boats, but I feared that Silver and the others might be close at hand, and all might very well be lost by trying for too much. We had soon touched land in the same place as before, and set provision the blockhouse, All three made the first journey heavily laden and tossed our stores over the palisade. Then, leaving Joyce to guard them, one man to be sure, but with half a dozen muskets, Hunter and I returned to the jolly boat and loaded ourselves once more. So we proceeded, without pausing to take breath, till the whole cargo was bestowed. When the two servants took up their position in the blockhouse, and I, with all my power, sculled back to the Hispaniola. La 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 la. I don't think I've done it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's how they get around the one shot thing. They've literally had to leave the guy with six guns. So yeah. Oh, so oh, so oh, because they can only shoot one, they've got them all lined up no yeah. and loaded. Yeah, it's like the first machine gun. Yeah, literally, he's like, put it down, grab the next one, put it down, grab the next one. Like, how laborious. Close to a semi automatic as you'll get. Yeah, you literally need six guns just to keep the baddie <laughs> at bay. And then even after that, it's like, well, unless you've got someone loading them for you while you're yeah. shooting. That we should have risked a second boatload seems more daring than it really was. They had the advantage of numbers, of course, but we had the advantage of arms. Not one of those men ashore had a musket. And before they could get within range for pistol shooting, we flattered ourselves we should be able to give a good amount of a half dozen at least. The squire was waiting for me at the stern window, all his faintness gone from him. He caught the painter and made it fast, and we fell to loading the boat for our very lives. Pork powder. No, not pork powder. There's a, there's a comma there. <laughs> I don't know what pork powder is, but it's not a thing. Sounds good. It's that, like, it, it, it's it's um, bacon yeah. bits. Oh, yeah. Or it's, <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's, it's the stuff they put on so smoky crisp. bacon crisps. Yeah. Oh, that would be The essentials. Uh, yeah. We got, yeah. Bake, bacon powder, powder is, is like, <laughs> a staple, definitely. Yeah. Actually, I, I went somewhere the other day. <laughs> so good. I uh, went to a burger place, and they served it with um, chicken salt. So it was. It was like me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, this is the thing. Yeah. No, so so chicken salt is something that they do pretty much everywhere in Australia. Oh, okay. And Paige, when she's here, is like, why do they not have yeah, chicken salt here on chips? Like it, it's everywhere. <sighs> yeah. And it was one of those things where she's like, I didn't realize this was just an Australian yeah. thing. 
Well, I, fa- I found no, it, it in a burger good. place in London. I'll let you know. Oh, well, there you go. You have to send oh, me the name because now I can take her and she can good. reminisce about good, being good. home. Pork, powder and biscuit were the cargo, with only a musket and a cutlass apiece for the squire and me and Redruth and the captain. The rest of the arms and the powder were dropped overboard in two fathoms and a half of water, so that we could see the bright steel shining far below us in the sun, on the clean sandy bottom. By this time the tide was beginning to ebb, and the ship was swinging round to her anchor. Voices were heard faintly hallowering in the direction of the two gigs, and though this reassured us for Joyce and Hunter, who were well to the eastward, it warned our party to be off. Redruth retreated from his place in the gallery and dropped into the boat, which we then brought round to the ship's counter to be handier for Captain Smollett. Now, men, said he, do you hear me? There was no answer from the forecastle. It's to you, Abraham Gray. It's to you that I am speaking. Still no reply. Gray, resumed Mr. Smollett a little louder. I am leaving this ship and I order you to follow your captain. I know you are a good man at bottom and I dare say not one of the lot of you's as bad as he makes out. I have my watch here in my hand. I give you thirty seconds to join me in. There was a pause. Come, my fine fellow, continued the captain. Don't hang so long in stays. I'm risking my life and the lives of these good gentlemen every second. There was a sudden scuffle, a sound of blows, and outburst Abraham Gray with a knife cut on the side of his cheek and came running to the captain like a dog to the whistle. I'm with you, sir, said he. And the next moment he and the captain had dropped aboard of us and we had shoved off and given way. We were clear out of the ship, but not yet ashore in our stockade. End of chapter. I'm actually slightly struggling to keep up with what the plan here is. Because they basically said, okay, we're abandoning. They're moving the all the stuff, like ferrying it across. Yeah, but it's like, so basically they were kind of like, they were going to just sail away, but Jim's now ashore, but they're convinced he's dead, yeah. but obviously not convinced so much as to not abandon the ship in order to kind of not leave him there, Yeah, which is a bit weird. Well, they wouldn't be able to go away anyway because they don't have any water. So it's like they're screwed anyway. So oh, that's the thing. Oh, yeah. yes, that's sure, what sure, he sure. was saying. Yeah, they go. I mean, they did have wine, though. They'd just be drunk sailing <laughs> all the way home. <laughs> as, as I can attest, just drinking wine is not good for hydration. Yeah. <laughs> but the Fun. thing is, as well, is that surely there are other islands near this island. Like, just because you can't find... True. Like, the immediate danger is the people. So you could just sail somewhere else and find water. You don't have to find water on the island. Maybe it's more remote than we think. I suppose they don't want to risk it of being like, okay, it could be days at sea until we find mm. somewhere. But I don't know. I, I feel like it's drawing the action on the island. Therefore, you know, it's putting everyone in an arena so nobody can escape, which is more. Well, yeah. Yeah. And almost now the ship's like this neutral 
thing that everyone's going to need once they find the treasure. So the the race now is to get yeah. to the treasure to then get back yeah. to the ship because no one wants to leave the island without the treasure. Yeah. So, but yeah, it seems like they just dumped some of the powder like in the sea as well. They just chucked it over. They did some throw some stuff in the water, yeah. Yeah, I think they basically took as much as they could and then chucked the rest in the sea so that the pirates couldn't use it against them. Yeah. So they're definitely going all out. They've made some very bold, irreversible moves here that, like, if you've made the wrong decision, you can't take it back. So Also, I don't know how much I trust Abraham Gray. He seems to flip-flop very easily. They're like, oh, I know you're a good man deep down. I'm like, the guy literally took, what, 10 seconds to change his mind again that he's now on the good yeah. side <laughs> i'd definitely be sleeping with one eye open around him uh well i suppose now is as good a time as any to uh play mm. guess what the next chapter's called <laughs> all right it, it's odd isn't it oh, yes, it's davies uh, i'm just gonna do a rough i'm gonna do my sort of scattergun approach and just do yeah, yeah. generally quite vague they go ashore and find something that's going to help them that will become into effect later on in the story. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it's verbatim. I love that no one's forcing him to name that something or like anything. Um, Just like, yeah, they go I've somewhere not, and I've do not, something. I've not <laughs> that's the title. Point. Now, if, if, I, if, I'm cl- if, like, if acquiring something is mentioned, I know that Josh would give me like a quarter of a point. And that so far <laughs> is better than what I've yeah, done so far. So yeah. I am not in a position to be, you know, being specific. Good approach. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be ridiculously right. specific because oh. I feel like it. So mine's going to be um, narrative continued by the squire. Okay. Why didn't I just stay home with daddy? <laughs> is going to be the title. <laughs> Where's his degree this now? <laughs> you're almost becoming like yeah. a game of Cluedo. Narrative continued by Abraham Gray, <laughs> the library with a pipe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, narrative continued <laughs> by on, out by misery. Featured, so, oh, oh, well, there you go. Um, though not by the squire, because uh, chapter seventeen is entitled "Narrative Continued by the Doctor: The Jolly Boat's Last Trip." Oh. oh. So basically, we know that for this for this section is basically always going to start narrative continued Until, by the doctor. Like much, the, I think I think we can guess. I think the jolly boat sounds like a sort of um, an LGBT party cruise in Ibiza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> regularly hired for hag dues. I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just venger boys on repeat. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Vodka slushies. Oh, I love that song. <laughs> yeah. Right, well, if you've got any thoughts or opinions on this chapter, you can message us on thelazybookclub at gmail.com. Uh, or if you'd like to tell us what you think the course content in 18th century ship management uh, at a second-rate <laughs> university would be, tell us on Twitter. Diploma level four. <laughs> NBQ. Um, at lazybookclub. Hard. Good. And please uh, post some pictures of various food items upon which you would season with uh, pork powder on Instagram. (laughs) Or vegan pork powder, you know. Yeah. Or if you are a food manufacturer, please create pork powder. We'd love to try that. That sounds amazing. Cover your hand in it and just lick it like an absolute pig. Well, not a pig, actually. (laughs) Not a pig. Because that would be cannibal. Cannibal (laughs) Cannibal sherbet. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, pork sherbet. Nice. <laughs> right. Well, we will see you next week for chapter 17. Until then. Bye. bye. bye.